Hello, and welcome to the Back to the TARDIS podcast, the podcast where we take a look at every single episode of the 2005 revival of BBC's Doctor Who. I'm Jeff. I am Skylar. And I am Yahomdog, the big gamery, coming at you. Nice. And today, we are discussing Series 2, Episodes 8 and 9, The Impossible Planet and the Satan Pit, written by Matt Jones. But first, more importantly, first off, we are recording this podcast on Friday the 8th of May, which means that it is fucking Avery's birthday today. 75 years since the victory in Europe. That's the only thing of note today. Also Avery, who is uh, a year older. I'm now 18. Uh... Yeehaw! <laughs> Pogs in chat. Yeah. Oh, we don't have Pog. those. Never mind. <laughs> Anyways. Okay, so now actually... Actually, Impossible Planet Satan Pit. Um... In this episode, uh, the Doctor and Rose land on a space base um, in on this planet uh, orbiting a black hole, hence why it is uh, called the Impossible Planet, because that cannot be a thing. Um, I do love, like... Again, like, I know, like, we, we generally, like, are kind of down on Rose, and she's been kind of a mixed bag this season. I think this has one of the better explorations of the... Like, it's not really that big a thing in the episode, and I think that's still a good thing. But, like, sort of the exploration of, oh shit, we actually fucked up this time and might get back in, like, a way that feels, like, more real than any other time something like that has happened. Um. Also, I like this first scene where they, 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 they materialize and the doctor's, like, the usual, like, it's weird she didn't want to land and Rose was like, well, you know, we could go back and go somewhere else and they both, like, start busting out laughing. <laughs> <laughs> that's the show that's the show right there <laughs> which is just like man you uh you fucked yourself there <laughs> but yeah um also so yeah uh and quickly we're introduced to two of my favorite things about this episode which is the base and its crew i fucking love the aesthetics of this space base like how sort of realistic it looks like it looks like kind of dingy and built to be functional not to be aesthetically pleasing and it's got like rust and shit and like the doors are all painted bright colors so you can see them and all have like airlocks on them and, and such it 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 looks super nice and like super like actual like what i imagine space travel would look like in the future yeah this is a set that could hold up in a 13th Doctor episode. Obviously, the production quality would be a bit higher, but, like, I could see this set working in, like... Yeah. Anytime yeah, no, it, it is. It it's is a solid. super nice set. It's really good. And, um, I mean, Rose even, like, as to the idea of, like, the, you know, this is what space travel feels like, Rose even comments on that, like, oh, yeah, it's not gonna be, like, Star Trek. It's gonna be kind of fucking messy. <laughs> yeah. Like, it's, like, the closest to, like, The Expanse or, like, other, like, hard sci-fi that this, this show has really gotten, I feel. 
Um, and then we're uh, introduced to the Ood, which I feel like, okay, so my, my, the one problem that I, spoiler alert, the one problem that I do really have with this episode is the Ood. It's somewhat mitigated by the fact that they do actually get their own episode and get to talk about the fact that, like, hey, they, we've literally just enslaved this race because they say it's okay, and it's kind of glossed over in this episode, and it falls into the good old, the J.K. Rowling house elf conundrum, but I, I will give them, I, I'll let it pass because they did actually go back and make an episode on that, and there isn't really a place for that in the script for this one. Yeah, it's so weird how, I mean, we were talking about this earlier in, like, an unrelated thing, but, like, the Ood are, like, more than ten years old, I think. Yeah, they're yeah. more than ten years old. They're, like, they've been called classic monsters by now, and that just, yeah. that feels weird to They've say. only actually seriously showed up in two episodes, plus the one technically in Doctor's Wife. Yeah. They just they ha they have gained a reputation entirely because they are like one of the better looking monsters because it's entirely a practical effect that looks good. <laughs> um, yeah, they like you can there's one that you see in like a it's like one of the stupid like short shorts yeah, they yeah. do in series 7 and it basically looks the same. They may have yeah. updated the material that they made it from, but like I mean Apparently, they were originally going to use, like, Raxagoric of Falipatorians, but, um, instead... That, yeah, no, the re they didn't use that because the costume for that actually sucks, and everyone hated it. Exactly, and, like, having three lugging around is bad enough, and this is more intimidating anyway. But, yeah, awesome introduction, um, and they get better in oh, when they actually address yeah. the problematic elements. Also, um... It was really funny. I noticed, and I've noticed this before, but I really noticed it this episode. The door sound effects for the door opening and closing are the door sound effects from the original Doom. Like, just straight up. And since, like, usually when I'm watching stuff, I have my, like, guitar with me just because, like, I, I fidget around with it. I was watching the whole episode going like... Just over and over again because I couldn't like shake that like oh yeah it's doom. <laughs> nice. <laughs> Anyways, um, then we're uh, introduced to the the crew of this ship, which again I th this is like a really good batch of side characters and I again I feel that is like one of the major strengths of the RTD era and of rtd as well as like when he needs to like take when he writes an episode that is partially about like the the plot needs to take time and have side characters usually the side characters are pretty like decent and somewhat memorable especially in this also i know this isn't an rtd script but he was showrunner and as as what we've learned about dalek has shown he can have some substantial influence on like characters and stuff given that yeah. he literally just all all of van staten's stuff in in dalek was written by rtd it feels like okay here here's here's a comparison i want to use it's like 
in an episode like this, the side characters don't feel like they were created just for this episode. Um, yeah. We kind of get more of that in the next part, so I won't go too into that, but they feel lived in, and probably the set helps with that too, but it's like, it's really good characterization, where as opposed to like, even an episode I like in Series 9, it's the one, it's like a similar base under siege thing. Um, uh, um, with, um, under the lake, before the flood? Yeah, yeah, like those those side characters were fine, you know, they weren't bad, but it was just like, I felt like, okay, yeah, you know, this is a base under siege, so you have to have these side characters, so there's stakes, and some die, and some have interesting uh, personalities, but like... It's been a long time since I've felt like, yeah, these are people that just happen to be in yeah. a Doctor Who episode. Yeah, like, they, 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 stuff happens before they come on screen. Like, and also, like, for example, like, the thing where, like, they landed and, like, their original captain was killed because the landing was rough. They didn't put that in the pre credit sequence. That doesn't happen on screen in the episode. They, they have history before the episode starts. And in general, in general, I think this is probably like the best base under siege story New Who has had. I'm not gonna say ever because um, I don't like. I'm not really that versed on classic Who, and I don't think any of our audience is. But personally, I think this is the best New Who base under siege story. It is impeccable. Would, would Waters of Mars technically count as base under siege? technically but the base under siege aspect is not why it's so stunning yeah like if, if you're talking about just a straight base under siege i think this is it this is the best one yeah i was more talking in comparison to like character but like yeah you're right it's there's differences <laughs> yeah but yeah it's it's like they all they all have jobs and their job actually factors into not just their character, but what they're actually doing throughout the story. Like, um, the the acting captain gets to be the acting captain and is keeps his keeps cool. Well, mostly cool during during stress and is super important. Um, the the um archaeologist yeah the the archaeologist stumbles across the whole thing and even when he's he's not possessed helps them understand things a little bit more um and the main security the, guy isn't the just secu- dumb muscle who antagonizes yeah. people for no reason the security yeah the security guy is one of the best characters in the entire story um uh the fucking oh where is it I'm looking for there it is yeah um the the science officer is the one to go down into the pit with the doctor and has all sort of the the knowledge of 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 civilizations and yeah it's 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 really good character writing and yeah um but yeah, I also like this, like, just in general, like, the setup is a good setup where it's just, like, this planet, there's no way this should exist. How does it exist? And also, like, it allows them to flex. Like, the black hole looks pretty good. I don't know if that's actually, like, 
accurate, but it looks I mean, pretty it, good. I, like, what's interesting is they probably, I mean, like, it, the the colors look pretty similar to the actual picture we got of the black yeah. hole last year. That's just a little funny thing. But just, like, also, I, I feel like it's a really good setup payoff because the payoff doesn't just end up being, like, oh, I don't know, like, some sciencey thing just, like, keeps it here. It's, like, the the actual payoff to, like, how this planet exists is yeah. itself, like, it, it's, like, itself uh, almost, like, a plot point uh, and, yeah. like, is part of the resolution. And so you have this sort of good, like, cohesiveness where something set up in the very beginning gets a payoff, like, near the very end and is part of how the, the uh, story is resolved. Yeah. And, um... Like, despite, like, it being during the, the, the tenure of the showrunner, who is, like, probably the most, like, explicitly atheist and the one who takes, like, works that into scripts the most, in, and in, like, you know, like, in Torchwood, when characters die and then are briefly, like, brought back, I'm not gonna say who... But they mentioned about how, like, there is there is no afterlife, there is just death. The way that this handles spirituality and the idea of, like, the evil god, like, Satan or whatever your, your evil god figure is, is really good and not dismissive. Like, as someone who personally, I'm, I'm an atheist, but I'm, like, a UU atheist, so, like, really is, like, as long as you're being nice to people, I don't give a shit what you believe. <laughs> Um, I think, like, this is super respectful and not, like, r slash atheism, ooh, organized religion is, is horrible. Well, organized religion can be pretty shitty, but, like, ooh, ma, ma, believing in gods is stupid. Sky daddy. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah, I mean, it's pretty interesting because the doctor does take a pretty, like, oh, you know, it can't be, like, the real, like the quote-unquote real devil, but but then you know as it goes on, it's sort of like, does it like philosophically really matter if he's like exactly yeah. the same? Yeah. Yeah. Eventually, it gets to the point where even the doctor's like, I don't know what the fuck you are, and I'm not going to ask. Yeah, I mean, it's like the resolution. Like sometimes you don't know everything. <laughs> and um... that, like, but you know lack of knowledge or something being like out of what you can know is like a major part throughout the episode yeah but yeah um yeah I, I i feel like this the discussion of the structure is going to be a little bit less detailed because it's just a lot of like a constant motion of just like once the plot gets activated it's just basically like 45 minutes of them running away but yeah. It's it's a good it's forty five boring, minutes, though. so I think, yeah. See, I think it's. Uh, I'm just gonna kind of go for like a more general discussion this week. Um, but one thing that is important, I guess, to mention is after they're they're introduced to the main team and they explain what the deal is with the with the planet. Um. Also, I I, I do like like how it brings into like. It comes back, like, this this idea of humans being curious and, like, this thing where it's, like, it's this planet orbiting a thing that will 
is so destructive not even light can escape from it and you're like i want to go poke that and see what's going on with that and how that comes back to more and more again and like in the first he's like oh this is this is great like you know humanity that's great and then he starts to explore it when he's faced with the pit and it, and it, it it's it's reprised but in a in a sort of darker tone yeah it's i mean i i always like aspirational stories cuz uh humans you might you might not know we do we do some pretty bad things but like we do dumb nice, shit yeah uh <laughs> we have many epic gamer moments um but uh it's i don't know it's neat seeing story like this you could argue like oh why aren't there like more alien characters well you know budget whatever but like it's cool to doesn't need them there's no space in the yeah. plot for them <laughs> no yeah it is I, so I'm well saying, like you could you, you could have someone with blue skin but like it's you know that's not what matters because in the end what you watch this stuff for is the character interactions it's not i mean the tardis is cool the screwdriver is cool but at the end what we care about or at least what I yeah. think I care about is, you know, what it says about us. And uh, that's my little why English majors matter rant for the week. So you're welcome. But yeah, um, I, I, but yeah I do like the scenes where like, so th there's an earthquake and the TARDIS gets uh, basically falls down a, a sinkhole into the the core of the planet as like basically this week's this is why they just don't take that out that way out to leave um but i do like that it allows them to set up like this this discussion with ten and rose where they're like oh shit not only are we trapped in the wrong time zone we are going to be here for the rest of our lives and we have to figure out like how to actually be like domestic functional people <laughs> also i do like how like there is some like little little humor where like with with the ood early on where it's just like you know the 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 the, the pre-credit scene is them stumbling upon the ood who are like we must feed we must feed and then like after like the pre-credits it's like we must feed you <laughs> yeah that was and it's like oh you piece of shit <laughs> but yeah um meanwhile uh toby the the archaeologist is exploring these artifacts um and he gets a uh, a little uh, casual uh, uh, drop in uh, Facebook friend request from your boy Satan. Um, <laughs> Didn't download the correct malware. Seen it many times. Yeah, and like the, the thing that like shows his his presence is he gets these like demonic glyphs all over his body and I, I i posted this on twitter and nobody's going to get this but me but every time i see it now i can't help but be reminded of the music video to organ farmer by king gizzard and the lizard wizard nobody gets that except no. for me <laughs> but it reminds me of it I mean, you have access to the account, so yeah. I mean, yeah, more freedom and to I, you. I, 
And also, I'm the only one that uses it, so like, yeah, I'm gonna post dumb shit occasionally. <laughs> also, the red eyes. I don't know if that is like yeah. a post effect or like contacts, because I, I know from experience the contacts will screw you up, so props yeah. to that actor for yeah managing to still have that intimidating presence and you know yeah. that's that's not hard that's not ugh, also, easy to do also in general how it manages to be like very like not subdued evil performance without being hammy or over the top that's a very hard line to walk and all i mean it is very good. Like, honestly, that's a great performance, but I'm still just laughing at how it's obviously Sharpie. Yeah. <laughs> they just used all over No, the, the one time it doesn't work is when he starts flipping out near the end when they're they're on the, the, the escape shuttle trying to get out, and he starts freaking the fuck out and, like, breathing bad CG fire. That's the one place where it stops working. Everywhere else, it's fine. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, no. Like, Satan's like, on a budget it? cut. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, no, a lot of it, and just, like, it, it manages to walk that line of, like, being, um, god, what's the word, uh, like, uh, not obscure, but, like, uh, like, not exactly clear, well, well, not being, like, overly pretentiously vague, you know? Yeah. Like, you can tell what he's referring to, but he's doing, it like, the dramatic, like, the end is the beginning, ah, yeah. sort of way. Yeah. Yeah fucking uh running through the the space base uh blaring ghost <laughs> yeah um but yeah um also yeah i like this this is like probably like this is still a decent rose episode like this this works she's not Actually, in general, I feel like the only episode so far where she just hasn't worked has been, like, um, Idiot's Lantern. I mean, no, not Idiot's, well, she's not great there, but she's fine. Um, um, Tooth and Claw is the one where she's just like, okay, she's just there. I think it's telling that my favorite episodes of her... in it in this series at least are ones where she's not with 10 for like all the time yeah um yeah yeah where they're actually split up <laughs> yeah because then she has to like rely on like herself and the skills she's like built up over this journey and interacting with other people yeah um, like when you when you think about it she doesn't actually have that great a chemistry with 10 yeah I mean, it I'm just, I'm, it I, this bad. may be a it's hot not... take, but I'm, I'm, I'm just saying it. She doesn't. Yeah, she has it's... pretty good chemistry with nine, but she doesn't with ten. It's decent. It's not Anakin Padme levels of cringe. Well, but... yeah, because <laughs> yeah. Skylar, that's an incredibly just... low bar. Hey. Yeah. Can I just add? Shut up. Can I just add that I literally completely forgot that Tooth and Claw existed. Like, that's how bad that episode was. <laughs> <laughs> oh god we're gonna have to talk about fucking love and monsters next week Woo! it's gonna be great i don't want any commentary from the peanut gallery oh we're gonna get tons of it no we won't um, um. <laughs> 
but yeah, I, I, I do like also like the like uh, just like the 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 technobabble and like science jargon that they do come up with of like the the telepathy. So it's like they're usually at like a standard like the the oods like telepathic field is at like basic five or whatever, and then it peaks up to like basic thirty where it's like it's like that that they not only can they not do that, it's like they're screaming, which is great just there's like the the incidental dialogue and the world building in this this is i mean it's really only an impossible pit because like satan satan uh, impossible sorry impossible planet because like satan pit is just like go 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 the world building is so fucking good yeah there's a lot of flavors added to it that like you usually only get at least from memory and like historicals where they can very easily yeah. just reference crap that's actually happened but yeah it's nice yeah to no i feel like feel a lot of like the good like world buildy episodes in. during moffat's tenure are like historicals and then chibnall tries to do world building and then forgets to do the part where the characters are actually likable except for demons of the punjab <laughs> <laughs> oh god remember remember that one episode where they like go out into the like the environment oh the resort the resort orphan planet. 55 yeah <laughs> that episode was basically just all world building and then just went straight into like mess and it wasn't interesting world building i didn't fucking <laughs> care i i wrote a rhetorical paper <laughs> analyzing that episode and uh yeah, it doesn't get better when you look more closely. I can tell you that right <laughs> the now. The only good thing to come out of Orphan 55 have been the, like, official behind-the-scenes screenshots that I BBC that. have been posting. Yeah, hold on. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to post this in the, the Discord chat for uh, anyone who hasn't seen these. Especially, like, all the ones with, like, like Jody hanging out with, like, Yaz's actress are, like, pretty great and make me kind of salty that, like... Yaz has been consistently like ignored. <laughs> next next season, hopefully. Next season. <laughs> I I'm Serious. far enough Shut I up, am Brady. far enough divorced from the season twelve finale that I'm willing to give Chibnall another shot. My patience will grow incredibly more and more thin, but I'm willing to let him try again. Don't fuck it up this year. Anyways, back to the episode we're actually watching. <laughs> also, Chibnall, take a drink. Um. Uh. So yeah, Toby gets uh uh has uh, gets uh your boy Satan all up in his uh, in his headspace and uh murders the obvious red shirt. Like, okay, listen. As much as I like the crew, you can tell who's the obvious red shirt. <laughs> like, the Scooty. one that's, like, way... The, the, the intern who's, like, way less developed than anyone else. <laughs> I'm older than her. I just realized that. She's Seriously? 20. Yes. Se wow. Wow. That character is 20. I don't know if the actress okay, is, but boomer. that character is 20. <laughs> that's weird. <laughs> I'm only two years younger than her. Fuck. Um, I think. I mean, we're we're skipping ahead a bit. I mean, kind of. We're not. But like the image of her, like in the vacuum. I'm pretty sure that's. Like, oh yeah, that's really good. 
Yeah, I'm pretty sure that's, that's one like of the better CG like, shots. She's underwater yeah. type of yeah. thing. Yeah, so. yeah, no, that's that's generally what they do. Yeah, no, that's that's one of the better um, effects shots from this this era. Um. So yeah. Um. After uh, Scooty gets uh, yanked out into space, um, and they they find her. Um, they the drill reaches like the bottom. Oh yeah, I guess we should mention they've been drilling into the center of this planet to figure out what the fuck is going on. Wait, wait, can I just say something real quick? Yeah. <laughs> no, you can't just investigate what's inside of this mysterious impossible planet. Haha, <laughs> drill go burn. <laughs> Oh yeah, other thing, other thing I like, I like how like when the doctor's like, listen, like you gotta, you gotta go get my TARDIS back, like it's, it's in the core, they're like, what, we didn't bring more resources to do anything more than what we came here to do, which is so like good and so realistic because like when you're dealing with space travel, like fuel and weight and all that stuff matter immensely. Like that's that's so good. Yeah, I was really good about like no fuck the story doesn't revolve around you. Not well, not <laughs> only the story doesn't revolve around you, we literally don't have the capacity to do that, and I don't know why you think we would. <laughs> Who do you think you are? The protagonists? Please. <laughs> uh anyways. But yeah, I do like how, like, when he's faced with, like, well, we can't get out, the doctor's like, okay, I want to go down there and see what the fuck is going on. Um. <laughs> also, how, like, Rose is, like, trying to, like, pep talk the doctor and, and, and the captain, Zach, is like, please, please get off the comms. Please stop. <laughs> um, yeah, so, yeah, they, they get down into the pit um and they find like this this door trap door sort of seal on it with the same like writing on it that the tardis translation matrix like couldn't translate um and as that happens um the telepathic activity in the ood spikes to the point where they should be brain dead um and then it it opens up and uh your boy satan possesses toby again um and then the ood start killing people by the shock ball thing and okay this is one thing this comes into play in planet of the ood 2 i guess here it makes a little bit more sense because there's demonic like possession involved but like did QA at like the the Ood planet in the the factories? Did QA not notice that they could use these as a lethal weapon? <laughs> if like, I were if, to write if, an explanation, if, 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 it, if it if it was just in this episode, it would be fine because you could chalk it up to like the weird like satanic possession shit that's been going on. Because like even they're like, wait a second, how are they able to do that? Except they reuse it in Planet of the Ood, and it's like what? <laughs> Did yeah. nobody notice that you could do this? Like, it's literally yeah. just, they, they hold it up, it gets sparky, and they hold it to their forehead. Like, it doesn't seem to take any sort of effort to activate. They can just do it. 
I, I mean, it's pretty... I can imagine it's pretty easy if you're dehumanizing an entire race to be like, oh, this could be dangerous, but they're too stupid to figure well, yeah, that yeah, out. Yeah, yeah, that's true. That's true. Uh, stupid uh, capitalism being stupid evil. Yeah. They also didn't remember. They, they didn't even program the, the like machines uh, to be able to recognize Uda's life forms. So yeah, I feel like there are more than a few oversights yeah. of this. Um... I feel like that's. So yeah, there's, uh, obviously shit goes haywire and we get our cliffhanger and essentially the group is, is split into three where you have Zach in the control room, uh, do the doctor and Ida down in the pit and Rose, uh, Mr. Jefferson and the, uh, the, the guy in charge of like ethics, who's basically just the Ood handler, um, in another, oh, and Toby, he's there too. That's right. Um, so yeah, um, this is just like, and I, I, this is also like another episode that like, I would have been real sad if this was a 45 minuter because I don't know how they could like at a two parter, this is like one of the most like perfect, like, yeah, this is like the most efficiently paced, like good two-parters i've seen like this this knows it's got an hour and a half and it fucking owns that hour and a half it is it is great um like it's like uh, like i'm not again i'm not really going to go into in the plot specifics because it's basically just like a whole bunch of set pieces but they're all really good and have this this sense of 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 movement with them of how like they 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 um try they're trying to get to like the ood central control to basically cause them all to have a brain hemorrhage um and go inactive but they're going through like like maintenance shafts and all that and you have the thing where like they're 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 in a time limit because the the uh maintenance shafts have to have oxygen filtered into them which eventually leads to um eventually leads to mr jefferson being left behind and asking to be suffocate which okay okay nitpick moment here i i know that like it's better to die than be killed by the enemy thing but i feel like being like shocked to death in like five seconds from the ood like ball would probably be a less worse way to die than suffocating to death like that's up there on like personally of like of like most like terrifying ways to go is just like suffocating to death because it is slow and it is painful yeah that's what i didn't get like he's like oh yeah you know let it let the oxygen run out because that'll definitely kill me first even though the ood is like three people well away. i mean even if it would or wouldn't kill you first it would be way more uncomfortable <laughs> oh yeah no for sure but i'm just saying even that logic doesn't make sense because the ood was right there <laughs> and I'll, if i remember correctly his reasoning was like it's natural you know that's just a whole philosophical can of worms yeah it's, that's <laughs> fair but still um also lulling at like uh mr jefferson like actually 
coming up with a very good point of like pointing his gun at Toby and being like he's infected and like do they actually like need Toby to get them out again because I don't think they do and if they just like shot him there they would have gotten it like that would have made like everything like so much easier but whatever and eh, maybe it would have spread to someone else I don't know um oh what i will say we missed something earlier on where like the um the beast uh tries to intimidate um uh all of them uh, by just sort of bringing up like vagaries about their past and this is really good the episode does not bother to waste time on explaining what they are it's obviously very meaningful to them and, and shakes them to their core, but it does not ever talk about what it actually is. And that's good. It has more impact. I also like, generally, like, the Beast's voice. It's like, it's not stereotypical, like, obviously it's very, like, bass-heavy, but it's not... Yeah. I don't know. It's actually... There's, there's just a lot of stereotypical, like demons and it's just like it's more it has a bit more personality than that and toby's face at times probably helps that rather than it being oh, dude, the cgi dude, monster fucking... but yeah the voice of the beast is a, a dude named gabriel wolf who actually voiced a similar like really powerful deity sort of being in classic named sutek who is absolutely hammy as fuck that's fun so yeah it's 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 kind of funny that like this is like relatively subdued in comparison um it does add to the whole like we really don't know what this is because obviously what what he's saying to taunt them actually happened and we have no idea how he knows that it could be something simple yeah. as telepathy it could literally be like one of the old eldritch gods that we just never hear about in Doctor Who because that would be, like, really weird um, if we knew that. <laughs> um, but, like, yeah, it's... Um, I don't know. As the Doctor says, it's it's fun not knowing things. Yeah. Also, um, the really great... the really great line where... Um, like the the beast is like I existed before the universe, before um, um, what's what's matter the before, before light time. before light and time and space and matter before the universe was created. And the doctor's like, well, that's impossible. And the and the beast is just like, is that your religion? Oh, <laughs> uh, I mean, that was like it's dunking on me. It's like, damn, yeah no i i again i think it's just a really nice like yeah it's it's just a really nice like sort of thing and like this episode like it doesn't ever go like full like christianity and it doesn't ever go full atheism it it, it just has this sort of very spiritual place that's just like i don't know this episode Does was written really by matter? our centrism. Yeah. Well, but like in an actually good way. Not yeah, like yeah, I know. But like, you know, like, 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 or less, less. I don't know, but more 
does it really matter in the end? Is that it for this episode? No, no, we 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 still got uh, uh more. We got um we got the uh so we we had the uh the, the vent uh thing going on and then um so yeah, we move on to like as I said that that dark reprise of sort of like that that idea of curiosity um where like um like they're they're faced with the edge of the pit and the 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 elevator cable has snapped so like there's there's no way back up that they know that's like like they don't they, they as far as they know there's no way back um so they're just like well if we're gonna die down here might as well go investigate the creepy pit and 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 just how he he talks through that like that 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 temptation and how initially he's like no actually this is the one time where i'm like we should not do this and then the cable breaks and he's like well shit okay and he he volunteers himself to go instead of Ida, who comes up with the idea. Um, is pretty great. Um, as well as when he eventually gets down to the bottom, and essentially like the climax of the episode, like the be- it's a one-sided conversation. The beast doesn't talk back to him. He figures it out all by himself. Like there's 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 something about that that I I just find super interesting about how like it's not literally a conversation with God or a conversation with Satan. It's him being faced with that and being forced to work it out for himself. You know what this reminds me of? This reminds me of how you can execute the ending of Rings of Akaten better than that episode did. <laughs> like, don't get me wrong. I like that. I like the song that plays during that. I mean, it's, yeah. it's during Eleven's regeneration. And, you know, I will be crying when that happens. I can guarantee it. But, like, this, the moment where that actually plays in that episode, I'm just like... When I was watching this today, I was just like, "Yeah, no, um, it, it it was done better here." <laughs> well, also because as as uh, one of the the people I, I I follow on Twitter pointed out, the Rings of Akaten speech, like the music is good, but other than that, it is just another like eleven like Stephen Moffat like, "Woo, I'm the Doctor, suck my dick" speech. <laughs> he has like ten of those. You get them like every other episode at at, at some points. The epic Naruto Takno Jutsu. <laughs> I'd say it's okay because he cries, but then I realized that like one of Twelve's best speeches is when he cries, so I'm gonna have to stick my yeah. foot in my mouth. <laughs> no, that I will say that same person like tried to bring the same logic to like the the Zygon inversion speech, and I'm like, listen, at that point you can fuck off. I don't care what you say. That that speech is amazing. Yeah. Fuck off. Oh, the that speech is extremely. Cool. <laughs> well, it, oh yeah. 
I mean, their 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 point is is that he's mainly just saying the same thing over and over again, and I'm like, yes, that's that's the point. He's saying it over and over again because people aren't fucking listening, and people will continue to not listen. And so he's just going to sit there and drill it into your dumb fucking skull before you get it. <laughs> anyway, yeah, no, I, 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 I feel like this episode deserves, like, so much more, like, talking than we're probably going to give it. And this episode's probably still going to be, like, normal episode length. But at the same time, like, it is so well-paced that, like, I feel like just going through a bit by bit of, like, and then this happened, and then this happened would actually be diminishing to the episode. This is, like, I, yeah. I guess I, I will go out and say right now, this is one of my favorite episodes of the show ever. And I think it might, like, School Reunion is my personal favorite of all time, and it will probably be my personal favorite from the season. But if I had to pick, like, an actual, like, best episode, it would be this one. For, for this season yeah it's like again it's it's amazing what you can do if you proportion your time correctly which the the last week's episode didn't do oh, at all boy. but it's like <laughs> yeah right um <laughs> i wonder if we dunk on gatus less if he ever got a two-parter <laughs> hey, 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 i mean now i mean then again then again Sherlock is all two-parter length episodes, and they sure fucked that one up badly near the end. <laughs> I still can't believe they did that. The ending to that show was so dumb. I still haven't seen it. Uh, anyway, my, don't. It's not my, worth it. <laughs> my point in short is that, like, yeah, like you could you could write down everything that happens, and it would take a bit to do, but just like how it moves. I'm just like with it all the time, um, which I I know yeah. I harp on about pacing or like all of us do, um, really. But it's like it's so important to like basically anything for keeping your interests and if you want to present themes and emotions well at all, people underestimate that I think a lot. But this shows that you can still keep something tight and have it be interesting and not need to expand something for you to just have a two-parter like series nine kind of wasted itself for a bit yeah um so yeah the doctor has his his essentially one-man monologue against this just imposing satanic figure um and smashes the the urns that were keeping the the planet it, the gravity funnel in place which causes everything to collapse and everything to get sucked in um and then rose dispatches of toby by shooting out the window with the bolt gun that had been set up pretty effectively as like a like a, a literal chekhov's gun um and then the doctor tows them out because you know black holes i don't give a shit we used to fuck around with black holes uh, back in back in my day. Boomer uh, time lord, boomer time lord, boomer time lord. Um, and the doctor collects Rose back and leaves with the Sanctuary Base Six spacesuit, which will show up continually 
uh, in the show for ten more years. <laughs> Those things if are durable. 13, if thirteen fucking pulls it out like next season, I'm gonna laugh so hard. Cause that will have been like the one prop that has still stayed in rotation. You know what would make me laugh and cry if, um, like this one-off villain was brought back and it's just like, oh yeah, me, Master Chibnall, this 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 here Satan thing. Well, that's actually like a twin of the universe from like when the Doctor was born. They're siblings. No, 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 um, no, 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 no. <laughs> stop it! Stop it! Stop it! And I'm actually, saying stop it. Is... I'm saying stop it partially because I hate it and partially because there are people in this chat who haven't seen the series 12 finale and don't know what happens. I, I was not, but I will say, I will say it would be very I wasn't talking funny. about you. <laughs> <laughs> I will say it would be very funny if it's like, oh, the same actually one of his past incarnations that he forgot about. Uh, <laughs> uh, anyways... Um, so yeah, I guess if, if you guys don't have anything more to say, um, I'll move on to ratings. Um, this episode is a fucking classic. As I said, I think this is the best base under siege archetype story that New Who has done. It's definitely up there as, like, one of the best two-parters. And I think until, actually, best non-finale two-parter, let's say um so far and probably will be until i find something that i like better than this which it's gonna be a, a hard sell given how much i i absolutely love this episode um great world building characters that actually feel like they have character and are weird pe like n not weird I, my brain's my brain my brain is mush um real people um who aren't just like like one-dimensional sketches to to fill it out because it is a doctor who episode and you must have supporting characters um and the world building's great and the aesthetic is absolutely amazing and unique really when you think about it compared to like what we see of like a lot of space travel in doctor who from here forward um and all that so yeah uh i'm giving it yet another 10 out of 10 and i i would i would even give like each episode individually a 10 because the first episode has all the great world building and the second episode has all the great like really well-paced action cool um yeah, uh, this episode oozes atmosphere, um, it oozes character, set design is great, the effects, I mean, obviously, again, with the time you can tell, but they, like, they hold up, their fidelity is quite high, um, I know I spent a lot of this, uh, episode, uh, kind of shitposting, but that's really because I, you know, there's only so many times I can reiterate what Jeff says, and yeah, it's really good, um, I, I didn't think anything could beat out um, the Cyberman um, two-parter we got, but uh, apparently I just have a bad memory and didn't remember this, because holy crap. 
Um, so yeah, uh, ten out of ten for me um, on both episodes and overall. What did we even give the Cybermen one? I forget. Was it all like nines across the board? It was something like that. Uh, I, nine, eight or nines, I think. I can't remember. Yeah. Um. Yeah. These two episodes were really good. I, I will say, I think I liked the first one a little more than the second one. That's the second fair. one, it lost. I, I think it lost my attention like at a couple points. You know, not a big deal, obviously, but it's like. I feel like the the first one was just a little tighter. In general, I feel like there was just maybe a bit like weird pacing for a bit of it in the second one. Like not a major problem at all. Just like I would say, the first episode is a ten, the second one is a nine, and I agree with everything you've said about the story overall. It's very cohesive. It keeps a lot of good themes and ideas running through it. The characters are all really well written. I will say I don't think Rose is as good as you were saying. I, I feel like. She's not that great. Like I, I think well, like, she's not are... like good good, like she's still Rose, but like yeah. for late stage like Rose with ten, this is one of the better ones that we get. Yeah, I mean like I, I won't say she I feel like some of the dynamics explored are good, but like she herself isn't really that good in it. Uh, so I mean like overall but, like, you know, those are just, like, really minor things. She doesn't feature that heavily in the episode regardless. Uh, so I'd say overall, like, 9.5. Yeah. Alright. So, yeah. Um, once again, Avery fucking up our perfect scores. Yay. Um, <laughs> I'm a cynic! So, yeah. Um, next week... Oh, God... Uh, we have to talk about fucking Love and Monsters next week. I have I'm not so seen this excited. episode. I'm I have so not excited. seen this episode in a very long time. Um, and it has a reputation for being pretty garbage. Now, admittedly, a whole bunch of a lot more garbage episodes have come out since then, like Sleep No More and the Series 12 finale, but... <laughs> I, I feel like this might be, like, the first actually bad episode, or at least in my opinion, the first actually bad episode that we talk about on the show. Um, until then, um, I am. you can follow the uh, podcast at B2TardisPod on Twitter. Um, I'm Jeff. You can follow me at WheatleyDL on Twitter. My name is Skyler. You can follow me on Twitter at skyhigh9 underscore 5. Uh, it's your boy, Avery. You can follow me at uh, bigfatpenis69. It's still not a joke. <laughs> or, you know, if you're feeling spicy, come follow me at uh, fatcuntedcruz. Or if you're of appropriate age, come and feeling out really at... spicy, <laughs> real spicy at Kaczynski Bussy. <laughs> God, those ats are so cursed. They're so. How good. long were you? That, how that long was the first sitting... time I heard the third one. I'm sorry. How long were you sitting on that last one? I I thought of it like a few days ago. Not that uh, long. Ago. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> Woo. <laughs> 
Yeah, yeah right. I thought of it. I thought of it after I thought of Fat Cunt Ted too, because I was like, I need something similar to this, but like different, you know. <laughs> so naturally, you thought both have serial killers in them, though. Hey, hey, he is not a serial killer. He's a serial bomber. <laughs> yeah, same thing. <laughs> No, because the intention wasn't to specifically kill people. So, he wasn't a serial killer. We are totally getting sponsors. That's gonna happen. <laughs> <laughs> I am not endorsing I Ted Kaczynski. I would like that to be clear. I sincerely doubt... Not, well, not only are we not getting sponsors because of this, we're not getting sponsors because I don't bother about... Like, I, I don't care... I'm doing this for fun. We're not getting paid. Oh, yeah. I totally. haven't, like, done any promotion for this at all. The only people who listen to this podcast so far are, like, Avery's friend and, like, a couple of my friends. <laughs> yeah, it's literally just, like, my and one person from another Discord I got to listen to it. So, yes. <laughs> yeah. However, I mean, if, if you, like, found the podcast and aren't like in our friend group hey thanks for listening um that's pretty cool that you found it um that's great uh tell your friends (laughs) share it with people if you aren't embarrassed that you find us entertaining please (laughs) um anyways uh we'll see y'all next week